I'm Dil Denwalt. And I'm Nuria Martinez-Keel. You're listening to The Source. Thanks for joining us as we discuss the Oklahomans' most impactful stories with the reporters who wrote them. This week, Nuria reported that Oklahoma City Public Schools surprised a local charter school by calling for an investigative audit. In this episode, we'll talk about that audit, what triggered it, and how this taps into the often volatile politics of public education. Nuria, before we jump into your latest story, can you give us a charter school primer? Like, what are they and how do they operate? Yeah, so the first thing that's really important to say is that charter schools are public schools, but they were invented to be more of an innovative center where, where schools were going to try out different curricula, different different focuses and, and, and missions in within public education instead of a traditional public school format. So a charter school has to be approved before it can even exist. So that means that If someone wants to establish a charter school, they have to fill out uh, an extensive application outlining what the mission of the school is, uh, how it will admit students, what grade levels it'll serve, where it might operate, and just generally what curriculum it's going to use uh, to educate students. It'll bring that application to a local education agency like a public school district, like Oklahoma City Public Schools, or a college or a university. Um, and, and so the general process is the, the school district or uh, an institution of higher education, some education agency like that, will review the application and say either thumbs up, we'll give you the okay to operate um, kind of within our vicinity or in, in, in the state. Um, and then that charter school can start to uh, open up and, and they'll be subject to oversight by whichever entity has just authorized that charter to exist. They're also subject to the Oklahoma State Department of Education. Um, also, that local education agency can say no and say, no, we do not accept your application. And in the state of Oklahoma, uh, somebody can then appeal their charter application to the state board of education and the state board of education then can decide if it wants to authorize a charter or not so all that is to say um, charters are public schools they're supposed to be more innovative um, and they are subject to extra oversight right and and, and that's an uh, important piece that um, that every charter school has like a, a sponsor, if you will, um, whether it's the local school board or uh, we'll talk about this a little bit more later, it could be local community college. Um, so let's get back to the the recent news. This week, you reported that the Oklahoma City School Board requested an investigative audit of Santa Fe South. Uh, Santa Fe South is a charter school. They've got seven sites in Oklahoma City and over 3,500 students. Um, what did the OKC school board say about what triggered this audit? Yeah, so this all really came together 
pretty quickly. I mean, within a matter of days. Um, and Santa Fe South said that they were frankly uh, blindsided by this decision. But as the authorizer of Santa Fe South Charter Schools, uh, the Oklahoma City School Board has the authority to request uh, the state auditor and inspector's office to conduct an investigative audit of that charter school. And and what that means is it's not just looking through their financial documents. Uh, Investigative auditors are also uh, looking into whether the school followed the law and whether their procedures were in line with state law. Um, So the reason that this happened was not only uh, has OKCPS taken a greater interest in looking into charter school finances in general, and that's uh, uh, as a result of Epic Charter Schools being audited, um, that just kind of generated that interest and in saying, hey, are our charter schools following the law? Are they in compliance? Um, but really what a big spur for this was um, the Oklahoma State Department of Education's general counsel, Brad Clark, first kind of bringing Santa Fe South's finances into question. Um, the State Board of Education met last Friday, uh, April 9th, um, and they actually weren't meeting about Santa Fe South at all. They were meeting about um Sovereign Community School, which is another Oklahoma City charter that's really been struggling financially. And the way that Santa Fe South got roped into this is that Santa Fe South gave, well, not the school, but the school's nonprofit gave this other charter school a zero interest $300,000 loan. And that was just intended to uh, help Sovereign uh, make it through some really difficult financial times. Uh, so, uh, Santa Fe South would say it was just stand-up money to help them to continue because we believe uh, in school choice. We believe uh, that charter schools should exist in Oklahoma and in Oklahoma City. Um, so that's how Santa Fe South got roped into this. They also offered to um, bring Sovereign in as an official Santa Fe South school. OKCPS, as Santa Fe South's charter authorizer, said no to that. So instead, they gave them a $300,000 loan. That prompted the State Department of Education to look into Santa Fe South a little bit. And they pointed out some things that I think raised some eyebrows, especially in Oklahoma City public schools. Um, and, and so that's that calling, it, calling into question Santa Fe South's finances uh, is really what triggered this audit. Right. So um, uh, that's seems pretty complicated, but, you know, if, if we could boil it down and kind of restate, um, you're talking about um, this chart, the, this charter school, they were having their finances looked into by the state board. Um, and I don't know if it was discovered at that meeting, but it was at least brought up that um, a, a, another, a different charter school uh, was giving them funds. And I think, I think the applicable state law is that charter schools can't share money. Right. No public school in Oklahoma can share their money. They're, any Oklahoma law says uh, public school districts are not allowed to divert their state-appropriated funding to other districts. That includes charter schools. Now, the way Santa Fe South was able to uh, legally reason this uh, was because they have a nonprofit called Santa Fe South Development Corps. And that the purpose of that nonprofit is to hold real estate and pay for facility upkeep 
for the facilities that Santa Fe South occupies. Um, so this nonprofit has uh, over $4 million in the bank. Um, Santa Fe South said, hey, our nonprofit um, has all this money let's go ahead and give $300,000 to this other charter school um, that really, really needs it. Um, This is uh, the superintendent of Santa Fe South. His name is Chris Brewster. He said that just makes up a tiny, minuscule portion of the money, the overall total that this nonprofit has in its accounts. Um, And I think, you know, the State Department of Education pointed out like, hey, you know, this nonprofit, more than 95 percent of the funds going to this nonprofit come from the school. So school funds are flowing to this nonprofit who then use their money to give it to another charter school. So there was an intermediary there. It's not as if Santa Fe South took their own money directly and transferred it to another school. There was kind of a a nonprofit that was in the middle there. Um, But I don't think that uh, the State Department of Education liked that very much. And I don't think that OKCPS liked to hear that very much either. Well, now, it it seems like, you know, you're you're talking about uh, nonprofit organizations and transfers of money. This really kind of reminds people, I think, of the situation around Epic Charter Schools with what they're facing with their own audit. That is really difficult to ignore. And I know Santa Fe South does not appreciate those comparisons. Um, they, they point out some, some key differences. Um, but yeah, you're right. This is really reminiscent of some of the things going on with Epic Charter Schools. And I think that's part of why so many people uh, saw that as a, some eyebrow-raising uh, information about Santa Fe South. Um, so uh, some of the issues with Epic, just to give you a, a brief recap on that, uh, Epic Charter Schools has a private for-profit company that manages the school. Um, Epic pays that company uh, a 10% management fee along with diverting uh, other funds to them. Um, and uh, th- that has come under scrutiny because uh, Epic's, the school's co-founders, also own that private company. State audit, state auditors have said there are way too many entanglements between this company that's making money from the school and people running the school itself. Um, and so I think that uh, that uh, thoughts about that spilled over somewhat onto Santa Fe South, where the superintendent of Santa Fe South is also the president of the nonprofit. Um, Now, I asked him directly about it, and Brewster told me, you know, that is completely different than, you know, me being a superintendent and me also owning a company making money off of this school, which is an arrangement that Epic had until 2019. Uh, But Chris Brewster said, you know, this, me being superintendent of the school, me being president of the foundation, uh, or sorry, development corps, um, is just to make sure that our nonprofit is acting in a way that is in line with the school's needs uh, and mission. Um, But Again, there it's difficult to ignore uh, some of the some of the eerie similarities there. But I know that Santa Fe South um, definitely does not <laughs> appreciate being uh, compared to uh, Epic Charter Schools, which, as a state audit reported, had uh, a lot of alleged financial mismanagement. So, on the topic of charter school funding, um, there's a, a lot of tension right now. Well, I guess there's 
always been tension in public education uh, and, and kind of the politics of it. But um, I guess the latest tension um, is coming from um, uh, recently there was some news when the State Board of Education, uh, they agreed to divert local tax dollars to charter schools. Um, previously, it was just, um, I think, state and federal uh, monies that went to charter schools and the state board um, just in, in the last week or so said that they can also get local tax dollars. Um, tell us about that and why that happened. So in the words of our state superintendent of public instruction, Joy Hoffmeister, this was a seismic settlement uh, is what she said. And, and I think a lot of people would agree um, so there, there are two sides to this. Uh, one side, uh, you know, the charter school side says, hey, we are public schools, but we do not have access to the same uh, sources of funding that traditional public school districts are. So charter schools can receive federal and state funding. They did not have access to local tax dollars, and they also cannot take out bonds. This settlement doesn't give them permission to take out bonds either, but it would give them access to local tax dollars, which generally support uh, building facilities, school facilities. So you'll see a lot of charter schools um, in, in kind of makeshift facilities that um, were not originally a school. Maybe they're in an old shopping mall or some former commercial space, and, and that's because they don't have the same funds to pay for a school building that a traditional public school district does. Um, and they're saying this is really unequal. This this settlement is, is supposed to bring them on almost level footing financially with uh, regular public schools in the state. On the other end of this, public school districts have started to take legal action against this settlement. Um, reason number one is they're saying the, the State Board of Education doesn't have the authority to unilaterally change the way public schools are funded so fundamentally in a settlement agreement. They, they're saying that this should have taken legislative action, and some Democratic lawmakers have, have agreed with that, saying this should have been an action by the legislature. This should not have been a surprise settlement agreement voted on by the State Board of Education. Also, public schools, frankly, do not like this because they're saying it could cut deeply into their funding. Um, the, the prevailing elephant in the room is that uh, public schools are not funded um, as much in Oklahoma as they are in other states. A lot of public schools will very quickly tell you, we are underfunded, we do not get enough money, um, and, and this is really harming public education in our state. Um, and then redistributing our local tax dollars to charter schools is only going to make that worse. So there's a lot of consternation among the public school crowd. For charter schools, they see this as a big win as starting to um, more equalize uh, public education funding in the state. So I asked you that question so that I can ask you this question. Um, let's go back to Santa Fe. You wrote that Santa Fe Superintendent Chris Brewster. Uh, he said that... Um, you know, the, the night of, and uh, he, he alluded like this might be a personal attack against him um, because uh, any other way they would have notified him beforehand. Um, there's also other issues with that settlement agreement you just talked about. And uh, Santa Fe is scheduled to move out of the Oklahoma City public schools control 
within a couple of months um, and, and, and moved to, uh, was it Oklahoma City Community College? Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, they'll be the new sponsor uh, in, in just a couple of months. So is it possible that politics played a role in the board's call for an audit? Chris Brewster would say so. He said he, he believes it is politically motivated. Um, so first of all, he, he's the president of the Oklahoma Public Charter School Association, which sued the state board of education in 2017. And that the settlement to that lawsuit was the major settlement we just talked about that would uh, open local tax dollars to charter schools. He says, you know, maybe I'm a likely target because I'm president of this organization that just shook up a lot of uh, school funding in the state. Um, he also, you know, said it, it infuriated him that OKCPS, in the 19 years that OKCPS has been the charter authorizer for Santa Fe South, has he says have they have never come to him with concerns about, you know, their finances. They they've never approached him saying, "Hey, are you doing this the right way? We don't think you're. You, you, we think you might be doing something wrong here." And then in the final months before they switch to a different charter authorizer, all of a sudden, after this big landmark uh, settlement, that's when they, out of the blue, say, hey, we, we, we want to call for an investigative audit of your school. However, um, I think the Oklahoma City Public School Board would say, you know, we believe it's the right thing to do to look into this, especially given, um, you know, some of the other issues that have come up with charter schools in, in this state. Um, so Chris Brewster, he says he believes it is politically motivated and that the timing of this is questionable, um, especially since, you know, they've never um, had issues like this in the past. They've never been called to be subject to an audit like this before. Um, and he said, you know, maybe OKCPS doesn't like that they are, you know, Santa Fe South is going to switch to a different authorizer, uh, which will be Oklahoma City Community College. Um, and, and just to clarify, it, for those who aren't familiar, it's not like the school will be moving into uh, OCCC or moving into any OCCC facility. It's just who holds the contract, who who gives the okay for this charter school to exist. And that also means that, um, you know, whoever the authorizer is gets a 3% administration fee from Santa Fe South's um, state-appropriated funds. Um, and he says maybe OKCPS didn't like that. Maybe that's, this is retaliation of some kind. Um, but that's not what the OKCPS school board says. They they say that um, this is just doing their due diligence as a charter authorizer to make sure things are being done in the right way. And it's important to note that there hasn't necessarily been any allegations of impropriety. Um, as far as I know, the the call for the audit is is simply that they're they're you know uh, looking for um, you know possible misuse of funds. Um, and they, they'd like, you know, someone qualified to, to make that determination to come in and say, yes, no, maybe. Um, and, you know, an audit also can take quite a while to finish. So uh, I know that this is going to be, you know, something you're, you're probably report on for, for quite a while. Um, and, you know, there's lots of angles here, political angles, you know, uh, policy angles. And, you know, the legislature could get involved at some point. Um, but I, it's really interesting um, 
how all of this interplays and and how the audit the the call for an audit came up right at this really kind of critical time uh, in in public school and charter school uh, history here in Oklahoma. Yeah, absolutely. I, I kind of think of it as kind of a saga where one step after the other, one development after the other. So it'll be interesting to see where this goes for sure. Well, Nira, you're with me every week, but I want to thank you for joining and talking about some of the stories that you've been writing lately. Um, for our viewers, this podcast is possible because of you, uh, the Oklahoma subscribers. We encourage you to subscribe if you can. Uh, you can read these stories and more every day in the Oklahoman and at oklahoman.com. Check back with us next Friday for a new episode.